You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And text said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey, you horny bitches. Oh, my God. How hey, horny. guys. Hi. It's oh. us. It's me. We it's, just got off the treadmill. We did. We were providing energy that was never going to be used by anybody ever. Mm-hmm. And what a fantastic story. That was such a great story. Thank yeah. you. I, I hope that some of our listeners were on a treadmill. Listening, listening. to it. Oh. Yeah. Right? That would be like an infinity circle. Yeah. Or like That's kind a, of a hamster wheel. A, a hamster, hamster wheel. fucking wheel. So our last episode was about the history of the treadmill and how it was a Victorian torture device. Yeah, which is just amazing. And I just have to also say that I'm super happy that my topic tonight has absolutely nothing to do with treadmills or workout equipment. We're going in a completely different direction tonight. Okay. So my question for you tonight is, if there was one living animal on this planet that you wish you would never see again and they would just be extinct... What animal would it be and why? Snakes. Same. That's yeah, exactly. fucking snakes. Snakes. I have a phobia of them. It's just anything that slithers. It's yeah. always been an issue. Yeah. Like, I have to make sure I sleep at night with the toilet seat down because, like, oh, I have this fear that the snakes stories. are going to come out. Oh, yeah. You know, you yes. hear about that shit in Florida. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Like, whenever I go down to Florida to visit, like, friends and family, I always have to make sure that the spare bedroom's bathroom is like the toilet seat is closed. I would I'm do. afraid that there's going to be a fucking snake that yeah. like slithers out and yeah. gets into bed with me. And in your defense, you're in Florida and Lord knows there's more creepy crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me it would be humans. Oh, but oh, this one. dark. But I love it. Love it so much. Snakes. Snakes too. Snakes. I am so yeah. scared of snakes. I don't know what will happen if like, I ever come face to face with one on the ground or out in nature. I actually never have, believe it or not. Oh, it's God. very upsetting. I have and twice. It's very upsetting. I think it would really scar me for life. I mean, I've gone through like 32 years of my life without having any yeah. snake interactions like that, but that would terrify me. Yeah, like, and you know, you don't want to start now. No, I don't. No, I don't and blame that's you. Like, and another thing too, like I have a hard time going into a home or a building where I know a snake also resides yeah yeah respect or like even mm-hmm. going to the pet store mm-hmm. you know the fear that a snake is going to escape out of its cage because that's also a very common thing yeah i have Mark a few has a snake, snake story. stories and to i do tell too. You real quick uh, growing up my brother had a few snakes mm-hmm. one time one of the snakes got brace yourself jen it escaped the snake tank, tank. like the tank or whatever we couldn't find it uh, it somehow uh, got its way into the ceiling, uh-huh. and we had, you know, we had like the, a boob light, you know, Jen's like the boob face. lights that you have on the ceiling. Was like, the snake in the boob light? It was in the boob oh, light, God. and it got electrocuted. Now the electric we're gonna fast forward. Off. We're gonna fast forward like probably like five, five, six, seven years later. My brother then has a big boa constrictor, <laughs> and when I was sleeping, nope. when I was sleeping no, one night, you. he nope. put it in my bed, knowing I'm like mortified of snakes. That. That's so fucked up. That's really fucked I am up. Not afraid of snakes because of that. It's no. I just am afraid Me of too. snakes. Like, yeah. I've never 
I've never had a traumatic experience that like caused me to be afraid of one like you, Mark. Mm-hmm. Like it just I'm, I'm scared of them. Yeah. They say that these things like our unknown fears can go back to before us, before your parents. Yeah. Snake trauma. Maybe. Can you handle like the movie Anaconda? Absolutely or is that not. not? Yeah. No. no, no, no. John Voight, just him. He's a lot. Well, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, just no. I'm actually, ironically, <laughs> speaking of snakes, All right. I'm taking us back again to Australia. Well, where they fucking thrive <laughs> where very they well. Thrive, home to Catherine Knight, the cannibal killer. Love her so much. She did not have snakes. We're going to discuss the Great Emu War of 1932. The, the, wait, the Emu War? What's Emu? An Emu is along the lines of like a bird, like an ostrich. Oh, God. Oh, yes. I know. Oh, boy. Okay. Yes. I've never heard of this. Okay. So before we get into it, I'm going to just set the scene for you and like what was going on around this time. So after World War One, there was a large number of discharged soldiers and they were given land by the Australian government to take up farming within Western Australia. And if I'm not mistaken, Western Australia is much more like desert. Okay. Type land. Okay. Outback. Because many times these areas of land were agriculturally marginalized, which means little to no agricultural or commercial value. So okay. More like the, the desert, the outback. Like barren land. Yes. Okay. So now the onset of the Great Depression comes on in 1929, and many of these farmers were encouraged to increase their wheat crops. The government promised to assist them in the form of subsidies. However, they failed on their end. And with that, wheat prices began to drop. So the farmers were fucking pissed. I I would be pissed if I was a farmer. They decided to take the matters into their own hands. Cool. By refusing to deliver wheat in the midst of harvest season. Oh. So they were doing their harvesting, but they were saying, (laughs) fuck you, I'm keeping your damn wheat. Yeah, this is my fucking wheat. My fucking wheat. Deal with it. Now, if shit couldn't get worse, oh god, there was an arrival of about twenty thousand emus. Oh, sorry, convention. Yeah, were they were they in town for wheat? No. So, oh god, what I read was emus normally migrate after breeding season and they head inland. Oh fuck that. Okay. All right. So the cleared oh. land and additional water supplies that were being produced by the Australian farmers was a very big turn on for the emus. The cultivated lands were discovered by the emus. <laughs> Shut up. And thought that it was an amazing habitat. They were wow. like, fuck yeah, wow. we wanna live here too. Oh my God. <laughs> They're like, no, are we eat? Oh, boy. And if it couldn't get any worse, the emus began to raid the land. No, shut up. No. They ate all the farmer's crops. Oh, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. they left such big gaps from this in the fences. It caused rabbits to get in and even caused even more damage to the crops. Oh. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, God. So, like, the emus were all like, you're not going to give us your land? Well, we're going to bring in Operation Rabbit. Oh, my God. What a bunch of assholes. The farmers decided, like, this is enough. This is fucking bullshit. You yeah. fucked us one time over. Yeah. Now we have these fucking emus on yeah. our land. Now they're here. Now they're here. <laughs> The farmers were all like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. They voiced their concern. They were sent to meet with the Minister of Defense. Since most of these farmers served in World War I, they knew their shit. 
Okay. Okay. All right. And they knew how effective machine guns could be. Oh, no. Uh-oh. So the Minister Ooh. of Defense agreed and deployed these men for battle. Against the emus. Against the emus. Oh, oh my God. Did the emus have guns? Or little I, hats. I, oh, I cute. wish. I wish. Oh. But... There were a couple of conditions, though, with deploying these men for battle. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, please. So the machine guns were only to be used by the military. All troop transportation had to be financed by the Western Australian government. And farmers would have to provide food and accommodation and pay for the ammunition which was kind of fucked yeah they're like okay so now you have this problem and you also have to pay to get rid of this problem yeah fantastic this military involvement was supposed to begin in october of 1932 Mm -hmm. but it was postponed due to an intense period of rainfall and it scattered all across the farmland and it caused the emus to scatter even wider across the region. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. So now they're like relocating. Right. So now it's early November. The rain stops and the troops were deployed. The men traveled to Campion, which was a town in Australia, which actually today is abandoned, I came to find out. Oh, cool. The first day, 50 emus were sighted, but they were out of target range. Oh, they have guns, so you got to be careful. Locals tried to herd the emus together into, like, an ambush. (laughs) Oh, my God. But the emus, (laughs) believe it or not, actually had their own tactics. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I love that for them. All right, are you ready? Yeah. I hope they win. Emus, they split into smaller groups, so they would be harder to target. They're smart. They're fucking smart. What? This caused the use of machine guns to be a complete failure. Of course. Oh, my God. And they maybe, they're not sure, but it's estimated that only 12 emus were killed the first day. Good for them. The emus. emus. Yeah. Wow. They can't kill all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same theory. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fast forward two days later. Okay. Another ambush was established near a local dam. By the emus. Yes. No, no. The ambush was established by the government (laughs) to get the emus into one spot. Okay, cool. They're trying to like corral them. Yeah, Yeah. corral them. That day about a thousand emus were spotted. Oh wow. This time, the military was a little bit smarter, and they waited until they were in the range to shoot. The gun jammed, and only 12 emus were killed that day. Wow. Wow. So they are consistent in their small number of emu killings. Yeah. Good for the emus. Yeah. Yeah. They have, like, two checks on their chart. The days that kind of followed after that, the troops started to move down south, where the birds were, like, reported to be tamer. Whatever that means. Okay. Whatever that would mean. Cleaner air. Yeah, yeah. It's more relaxing down here. Yeah. So, a couple of days later after that, when they moved down south, army observers noted that each pack seemed to have its own leader now. Oh, get... No. And it was a big black plumbed bird, which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch while his mates carry their work of destruction and warns them of approach. Oh, my fucking God. These people thought they were going to go in 
and like take out all these emus and now they have leaders they are smaller groups they are fucking plotting (laughs) they are plotting wow so the military even went as far as to mount one of the guns on a truck like thinking that moving that would like work but it actually was ineffective aren't emus fast they are okay the ride was so rough that the gunner was unable to fire shots. Like, remember, you're in the Australian outback. Yeah, so it's like so all like, rough it's terrain. It's all rocky and bumpy. Oh, boy. By November 8th, my birthday. Oh, my God. On your birthday, the emu brigade? Six days after the first initial attack, mm-hmm. 2,500 rounds of ammunition had been fired, but the number of birds killed is still uncertain. Some people estimate that it was 50 birds and others estimate from 200 to 500. I'm going to go with 50. Um, I'm going to say 12. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is magic number. Yeah. On November 8th, that same day, they just were like, yeah, this isn't fucking working out. Only a few emus died and the military defense decided to withdraw all <laughs> military personnel. Okay. <laughs> So, oh my god. There was actually a second attempt. Oh wow, they came they World were, War Two. Yeah. World War Emu Two. Oh my god. After the withdrawal of the military, the emus continued to attack crops. Mm-hmm. And the farmers were begging for support as the emus were pretty much invading these farms by the thousands. <laughs> there was a moment where the premier of Western Australia lent his support to renew the military assistance. Oh, well, wow, they needed backup. And at the same time, a report from the base commander was issued that indicated 300 emus had been killed in the initial operation. <laughs> I think that's an exaggerated number. I'm just going to throw it out yeah. there. I think so, too. They found that the first, about the first two days of the attacks, this second time around, only 40 emus were killed. Okay. And on the third day, it proved to be even less successful. <laughs> Early December, soldiers were killing approximately 100 emus per week. Okay, so their numbers are going up a bit. So it was reported that by, like, mid-December, there were 986 kills with 9,800 rounds. So at that rate, that was exactly 10 rounds per confirmed kill. It was also claimed that 2,500 birds were wounded but wound up dying due to injuries that they sustained from all of this. Oh, Oh, no, no emu nurse. Yeah. Oh. So... (laughs) Pretty much, again, second time, a failure. Yeah. Despite these problems, and they kept coming up, the farmers, once again, they requested military assistance in 1934, 1943. This is a long war. And 1948. Those emus are not giving up. But they continued to be turned down by the government because of the failure of this military tactic. Reasonably so, I would say. Instead, the bounty system that was instigated in 1923 continued, which proved to be affected, and 57,000 bounties were claimed over a six-month period in 1934. By 1932, though, the Emu War had actually spread up to the United Kingdom. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, people shit. were actually out there protesting the extermination of the emus. Cool. Oh, my, oh, I love it. The emu had support. Yeah, like the mass destruction of birds. Oh, I love it. Okay. I like it. They had supporters. Throughout the 1930s, there was this thing called exclusion barrier fencing that became really popular. And this helped to keep emus out of the agricultural areas. Other things like mice and rabbits and different types of just wildlife to get out of the crops. Okay. Probably along the lines of what you would see today, like on a garden, like a fence, so like a cage over a garden. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just a protection against the... Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the story of the failed emu war wow of 1932 do you know what they did with the dead emus i believe that they took the feathers and made them into hats for horsemen oh it's a lot of hats yeah it is a lot of hats a lot of but like here's a picture i'll show you a picture of like a man if you want to describe what you're looking at right now so right now it's a man and he's standing very confidently in a hat and he is holding up the emu that i'm assuming he perhaps killed yeah and the emu is lifeless he is defeated yeah which is very sad for the emu Mm mm-hmm yeah Wow. I got so emotional, oh, but, oh, baby. wow. That's a great Did that get you emo. really emotional tonight? I so. love it. I was, like, kind of inspired after your episode about the cat audition. The kitty cat audition. The, you know, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's so, so good. Right? I support the emos. I'm glad that they came up with a plan. I am glad that they broke into smaller they groups. They were fucking smart. They were, clearly. They tried the divide and conquer yeah. technique. That's exactly yeah. what mm. they did on Cannibal Island. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Are you seeing a pattern here? No. There is always. Oh, my God. Emu Island. Emu Island. Emotional Island. Emotional <laughs> Island. 90-day emu fiance. Yes. Um, yeah, something like that. But, wow, I love that. I've never heard of that. And it seems like it went on for such a long-ass time, too. Truly. Well, yeah, of long course war. it did. Because, like, if you think about it, like, this is something that happens seasonally. Yeah. So they had to, like, be like, all right, they're back. They're back, bitches. <laughs> yeah, their fucking emus are, like, sharpening. Go, fucking bitches. Absolutely. It's they're fighting season. That's right. It's fighting season. We're going to eat that wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you want Bring us to rabbits in. Bring them in, and we don't give a flying fuck about your rabbits. Yeah. Talking through their emu teeth. Yes. Wow. Well, if you want to talk through your emu teeth at us, you should go on our Instagram and Facebook at Bizarre Buffet. Yes. Our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bizarre Buffet. And helping us on Patreon is... Helps emus. One of like the best things you could do because... Yeah. You're um, also supporting us, but the emus as well. Absolutely, because we support emus in spirit. BizarreBuffet.com, where you can just see so many great things. You can go through our catalog of episodes and see all of the illustrious topics that and we have to... see our horny faces. Oh my God, yeah. And- you can yeah. watch the episodes mm-hmm. on YouTube. Hi, sure okay. and you Hi welcome. Me serve luck. That's right. Yeah, yeah Mark's just, always serving a look while Mark and I just. I know. We're we've, just. We've old recorded huggers. three episodes tonight and yeah. we're both still in the same outfit. Yeah, we, I'm wearing a jacket I designed. Yeah, he and it's is. beautiful. It's, it's all pictures of 1980s malls yeah. and neon. Yeah. And glass blocks. That's right. I love so it. Living the postmodern fantasy. I love it. And, mm. you know, if you want to see more of that, at Mark Turiello 
at Zennifer Wilson. Yeah, my Instagram changed because yeah. some asshole hacked me. It so. did, motherfucker. Yeah. If any of you are listening and still follow Zen underscore underscore Wilson, disregard Cancel. that. Cancel. Zennifer Report. Wilson. Report. Zennifer Wilson is me. That's it. That's the official. <laughs> and um, I'm Leah Remini's Nails because I am acrylic nails and uh, in a sharp stiletto shape. So. Yes, like mm. my nails. Oh, those are very Leah Remini nails. They are. I love it. Beautiful. All right, children, until next time. I'm a violent emu. And I'm the Australian Outback. Wow, I love that. And I'm the warrior snake from Anaconda. Oh my God. Oh my God. Shit. John Voight.